It's almost in certain points as if you're not writing it, as if the world is just there and you are learning about that. And that is what world building is to me. Damn. Hello, everyone. Um, welcome to a new series. This series is called Dorm Room Ramblings. Dorm room ramblings. Um, I'm Kim Davis Jr., the podcast editor of The Star. This is Hayden, Hayden Hartrick. Hayden Hartrick, yes. not Hattrick. Um, Hattrick. You're still saved in my phone as Hayden Hattrick. I looked when I called you earlier. I was like, huh. Yeah. I, I'm not going to change it. Okay. It's like fun. Yeah, it's funny. It's comedy. But, um, it's comedy right there. What this series is, is it's just going to be. A chill series you know we're not in a dorm room obviously we're in a studio um our first studio space Woo! which is pretty awesome um i was explaining to aiden before um we got started that like it's crazy that this started in my room and now like we're growing you know we have a team and like mm-hmm. now we have a, a studio yeah we do it, it's so cool having people like bounce ideas off each other and like mm-hmm. grow and like even though i'm like it's been kind of stressing me out like moments like this it's like it makes it all worthwhile you know yeah a day of stress leading to a nice start literally yes um but look enough about me enough about um, me even though we didn't talk about me i guess i was gonna introduce you uh-huh. uh hayden is a new addition he's been on the star sit down twice he is now a podcast contributor he was hired um last spring mm-hmm. so um yeah tell people about yourself uh, well, a lot of you, uh, if you've been following the Star Sit Down, the wonderful podcast that Kim uh, heads, uh, you'll know me a little bit. I'm a comedian, writer, uh, director, uh, filmmaker, uh, actor, DM, stream person, doing basically everything under the sun, trying to just theory in life is, you know, do what makes me happy and the money will come, right? Yeah. Um, so I've been just doing a lot of a lot of stuff um, throughout the, this last few years, um, and now I'm here on the podcast team and very excited for the year to come. Me too. And one of the reasons I'm excited for this year to come is this series. So this series is called Dorm Room Ramblings. Um, the idea behind this series was to have new people from the team and give people an opportunity to try new things and um, talk about things that they're really interested in. Um, as you can see by the title today, you know, this first episode is going to be about like world building, which is something Hayden is very passionate about um, mm-hmm. with his I, D&D and storytelling. Yeah, I've been a uh, dungeon master for D&D games for going on probably six years now. Uh, so and all of my D&D games have been set in my own world that I created from the ground up, obviously with a lot of inspiration from other play- sources. But you know, it's it's been a process over the past five some odd years that I've had this world of fleshing it out. And and pretty recently, um, with my stream coming up, I felt the emphasis to really heavily flesh things out. And so I've been doing a lot of looking into like world building and I've been working on that a lot. And it's something I think I have a lot to say about. So I'm a lot to excited to get started. Ramble about, if you will. <laughs> well, look, next week, um, whenever our next episode will be, uh, it'll be a completely new topic with new people. Um, so it's not like one person hosting it. You know, I'm definitely not going to be in here all the time. It's a, Woo! it's going to, yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, I'm really excited, and uh, I think this series has a lot of potential. Um, We've already been talking about uh, with the whole team. Everybody's been pitching yeah. ideas, uh, and lots of stuff is super exciting, and I'm excited to see it come down the pipeline. Me too. Me too. But 
We are here today to talk about loud world. I, I look. We have these new microphones. I yeah, need to get. Used to it, I yeah. have to get used to it. Um, but hey, world building. World so building. you know a lot about world building. Mm. I don't. Why don't we start with a definition so people know exactly what we're talking about? At least how I define world building. World building, at least in my head, is taking any sort of fictional property or. Yeah, fictional properties mainly and creating the world that these that the fiction you make is set in. Um, it persists in a lot of stuff. I mean, most popularly probably by far is like the Lord of the Rings world, you know. Mm. That that is where you really start into this this sense of pure fantasy world building. Cause I think you have a little bit of it in the past with like the world building of like mythology and stuff. Like that had technically world building, but it was it was a religious religious based world building. It wasn't designed to be purely fictitious which is you know when tolkien hits the scene a lot of like when that uh stuff starts in a fantasy sense per se um but world building is the process of taking your ideas and fleshing them out into a full world that you can set your fiction in one thing that um we do research for these episodes so Mm -hmm. like we watch we read whatever and I was watching a video by, um, or not by, but it was George R. R. Martin, mm-hmm. um, the writer for the Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and one of the things he said in going back to like what you said about um, it was Tolkien, right? Mm-hmm. That's how, you, yeah, um, the Lord of the Rings. He said that like one of the things that like in the seventies and eighties, whenever people had like posters of like Lord of the Rings or whatever in their room. It wasn't like of like Frodo or like Gandalf. It was like Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. And he says like when you're able to build a world in that way where like the world becomes a character, mm-hmm. you know. So like when you're doing things with like D and D or like writing or well let's let's start off with D and D because I've learned a lot about D and D and like you know you have to start from scratch and like although there are some baseline rules, you know like you're literally building and crafting this whole story from the ground up. Yeah, it's very interesting because you know we've been talking and and we've been talking about D and D a lot recently, and I didn't know that you didn't know that there were like books that yeah. you build off of. And, and so Dungeons and Dragons is very interesting because it is a game that is played by so many people, right, in so many different ways, and. Not everybody creates their own world. There are Wizards of the Coast, the company that creates Dungeons & Dragons, has settings, campaign settings that you can play in. The the Forgotten Realms, Greyhawk, uh, Exandria, um, uh, excuse me, yeah, Exandria, um, and like Eberron. Like they have these books for these places that you can play in uh, that DMs that don't want to put in... um, because world building is not for everybody. Some people, a lot of people pay Dungeons and Dragons for a lot of different reasons. One of the reasons I play it is to world build and create these stories and stuff. So coming off of that, a lot of people springboard from these ideas about this setting into creating their own setting. I personally have drawn a lot of inspiration from a lot of different sources, including the Dungeons and Dragons source material. You know, a lot of stuff... Uh, that is written in the lore of the Dungeons and Dragons books are things I use in my world because sometimes you just don't want to change stuff. Sometimes the way creatures are set up in one way is just a good way to have it and you don't want to change it. And sometimes you do want to change it. Um, So I've been working on my campaign setting, uh, Delioros, um, which is the setting that my stream Jest Quest is set in. Uh, I've been working on that for five plus years, right? Whoa, Um, okay. Just on and off, you know, a lot of it is is very interesting in the terms of Dungeons and Dragons 
because a lot of lore is actually set up um, by past actions, which is one of my main points that I think it, to anybody that's interested in world building is when you're playing it, in, especially in the terms of like um, Dungeons and Dragons and writing, even if you're just a writer or an author, one of the things that is important to do is um, keep your setting flexible, right? Like keep your world flexible. Um, a lot of important world lore that is now central to the way my world operates came from campaigns, came from playing sessions, playing one shots, and just having these players do these things that being and extrapolating out and being like, okay, they did this. So what does that mean for the rest of the world? Which is something that happens a lot in world building. You place a city somewhere on a map, you say, the city is here. What does that mean? Extrapolating it out of like, how was the city founded? Why found find a city here? Why, uh, what does it specialize in, you know? And, and you don't have to have all those answers, you know? When you are crafting a world, because for me, my, my experience, I don't have much experience like in the realm of world building, you know, like anything like creatively that I might do is like, you know, grounded, it's on earth, you know? Mm -hmm. And I've like, you know, I've like thought about, you know, like creative writing, like building this world, but like, it's really hard, you know, especially mm -hmm. when you have to remember the physics and you're constantly asking yourself, why does, well, okay, this happened. Why does this happen? You know, mm -hmm. like you said, like the location, something as simple as that, where a lot of people may be like, oh, it's in the Northwest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's in the Northwest because the elves 200 years ago had this war and these people got displaced and, you know. A lot of that is making it up on the spot. Mm -hmm. A lot of that is just like, you don't have to have these answers. I, I was watching um, in preparation for this and just because it's interesting to me, um, there is a college humor series uh, called Adventuring Academy that is uh, designed to uh, help a lot of people who play Dungeons and Dragons in just different senses. And they had... Uh, Brennan Lee Mulligan is the host of it, and they had Matthew Mercer, who is the uh, Dungeon Master of Critical Role on, and they were talking about world building. And Brennan brings up this wonderful point about, like, not getting bogged down in the stuff like the physics and the having all the answers. Because I think uh, if you're going in terms of, like, an author, right, writing a book, if you spend so much energy trying to have the world every single answer in the world fleshed out you're never going to write your book because we're a, a world like we ourselves are in a world that has been around for millions of years and we still don't have all the answers of why stuff works right so why should you in a fantasy setting have all the answers and one of my things that i love to do is tell the story through contradiction right have npcs and and characters in the world have incorrect information and kind of be like here is like this character has presented you with x information this character has presented you with y somewhere in the middle is the truth because that's how the real world is and i think that is such an interesting way to establish your world is through what the people of your world believe when you are like in the process of like designing a world do you use like a lot of index cards and like try and get information that way i mean that was because i can only imagine you know because even though you may not be like okay i don't necessarily need to know this you know there are certain things like especially when like you're brainstorming the concept of something like a campaign a narrative what what have you mm -hmm. you know you have to have like some semblance of these things of like you know like how does gravity work what mm -hmm. is this 
you know, something like maybe a spell or a potion or whatever in sci-fi and fantasy. Well, I'll tell you, uh, and honestly, for my setting personally, a lot of it is up here. Mm-hmm. A lot of it fluctuates and changes from time to time. Um, but, and my process for actually writing stuff down has changed a lot from me being a high school sophomore trying to create his own world, you know? Uh, so I've come to a fact where right now what I'm using is um, Microsoft OneNote. Uh, which allows me to create a bunch of different pages that I can be like, okay, here's a page that I'm going to write down all my ideas about uh, the gods, the pantheon, what their origin is, what their purpose is, who they are. Here's where I'm going to write about the continents. Here's where I'm going to write about specific cities. It's, it's a process that's like, you know, writing out everything is not also, it's, it's also not something I think everybody needs to do. Not everybody benefits from having everything written down i know i don't i don't i don't write down everything sometimes i just keep stuff in my head because it doesn't need to be written down gravity the way gravity works on my world or unless you're specifically changing it in a major way you don't got to write that stuff down that's one of those unnecessary things that's just like just have a rough idea about it and if it comes up then flush it out then you know one of the things that I thought was interesting too, like when I was, you know, watching stuff and reading for this was learning about like the difference between like hard world building and like soft world building. Mm-hmm. And like what the difference primarily is, it's like hard world building is like you have this set of rules that you set up and like, you know, you as like the creator know kind of the bounds and like the reason that things is and like the audience can pick up through that, like through the characters. And like soft world building and, like, the example that was used was, like, Studio Ghibli films. Like, a lot of, like, that world building is, like, we see what's happening with these characters. We kind of see and, like, we kind of accept it, you know, without asking too many questions and, like, not a lot of explanation, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, when you're watching – what's a Ghibli film? Uh, like, when you're watching um, Kiki's Delivery Service or, like, Kiki on the Broom and, like, she's a witch – you know, we're not like, oh, well, she's a witch. Like, what? And, like, nobody's – we're like, oh, I guess she's a witch in this world. And I mm-hmm. guess it's not, you know, out of the ordinary to, like, have her flying and to doing all – yeah. yeah, literally. We're just like, oh, all right. You I, know? Yeah, it's, it's it's setting up those things and being like, here is a thing that is part of my world. Because I, I, I'm much more of a soft world builder. I set mm-hmm. up rules. I set up things. And I, I, I don't – because sometimes, especially in, in, from a Dungeons & Dragons context, sometimes people will ask you about stuff. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes you can spend two hours writing about the entire history of these three people, and your players will just ignore it. They'll be like, oh, those guys were cool, but we want to go over here. And you're just like, okay. So so I'm much more of like, from my experience with that, I've decided to be much more of like a soft world builder. Be like, here are the things that exist in my world. If you want to investigate them, we'll investigate them together, you know, and I'll I'll make it up and I will figure it out. And the fun thing is figuring that stuff out and then that is now solid in your world and exploring the consequences of why that is solid, you know. Tell me what's the name of this? Uh, world that you've that you've built, uh, Delioros. 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 How did the creation of Delioros come to be? Because you, you started when you were sophomore in high school. Uh huh. So Delioros came about from me and another one of my friends. Uh, we wanted to play D and D, right? I was going to DM for it, and you know, originally, Delioros was just a continent and a few cities. It wasn't a world. It was just 
oh, here, I'm going to make this little thing, the kingdom of all, where this campaign is going to be set. And then eventually the kingdom of all evolves out into another campaign. Um, what's, really, what's really interesting about Delioros is uh, my friend who I created it with, we both set our campaigns in there, but they have almost become like this multiverse where he has his own lore that differentiates from my lore because we've worked on it by ourselves. We don't work on it specifically together. So we have like this same world, the same continents, the same maps, but entirely different things have happened on this. So Delioris eventually, it started out as this little one little world, right? And then my friend decided he wanted to start DMing, so he created another continent. And so there was his continent, and there was my continent. And then eventually I started a new campaign, so I created a third continent. And then he started a new campaign, and he created a set of islands. And then eventually it just be and then we were like, okay, well, we need a god of, uh, we need a god and a goddess and and a whole pantheon, and that just kind of naturally sprung about over time. It's been a very slow process through many many different successful and failed campaigns to fully flesh out this world when you are like in the process of going through a campaign mm. are like a lot of those decisions to like change the world just kind of on the fly some of them are and some of them aren't what are your um, responsibilities as a dm as a dm okay so uh, and explain to that what what that is yeah so dungeon master is the person that runs the game right um they control basically every aspect of the world that is not the player characters. Uh, they set up the story, they set up the places that they go. And so that's but my responsibility is, is setting up the places that they go. And interestingly enough, stuff changes on the fly all the time. Um, especially like, I, I think it's unnecessary to have every single city planned out always, right? Because you can fluctuate stuff. You can move stuff around, be like, oh, I want this to be happening here, but I want the players to get to it soon, so we're going to shift this happening here to this sh happening here, right? A, a lot of stuff like that happens often. Um, so, so as a DM, my responsibilities are to create, to guide the players through the world and and to tell them what they see. Um, so when that comes to world building, stuff fluctuates constantly. Hmm. Uh, NPCs, who's in certain places, who's doing what, why they're doing stuff, changes, I think, on the fly. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes with your major characters, your major NPCs, usually that stuff doesn't change because you've set that stuff up. But like little shopkeep number four, if they are really taken by little shopkeep number four, I'll make up a story on the fly of of why they're here, what they're what they're coming to. Like even in uh, even in Jest Quest, I've had some some characters that like I've just put them there as to be little one offs, and they've become integral to certain arcs. You know, really, um, it, it's crazy. Yeah, no. Um, one one of the characters I made this character named Martin. Uh, Martin is a Ganos, right? And he was just supposed to be a little shopkeep of this place called um, oh. Uh, books and bags or something like that or tools and tools and bags and something like that. I don't remember. I don't have my notes directly in front of me, but he was just supposed to be this little kind of kooky shop. <laughs> <laughs> he was supposed to be this little kooky shopkeep that was just supposed to be like, here's an interesting place that they could go. I, it, it's the world, it's the world building of like, here's a store that I like the concept of, um, which I want to get into in just a second is, is starting places and, and concepts and stuff like that. Um, and so he was just this little guy that I put in here, right? 
And then they were going into this thing called the Spring Fling, which was this big, uh, like, big tournament kind of thing that was happening in this one city every year. Uh, and... All right. It's going still. <laughs> um, we had to stop because Hayden <laughs> stopped the recording by clicking the space bar. I thought it would uh, just wake back up the screen. It just adds up. Uh-huh. Um, continue your story. Okay. If you remember where I was. do remember where we were. We were All right in Spring Fling, which was this big event. And then uh, they there was a gold piece that they had. There was amount of money that they had to pay to be involved in this event. And they didn't have that money. So I just on the fly was just like, oh, if you're looking for a sponsor, here's this one shopkeep to which they went and they fell in love with this guy. You know, they they wanted to talk. They were talking to him and stuff. And, and so eventually, um, I was just I just started thinking about like, okay, what's this guy doing in his free time, uh, which was not something I'd thought of before, and and kind of made this little droppings of a little storyline of like behind the scenes of what's going on. But but it was just this one little choice that echoed out into being integral to this section of the campaign right which i think is a lot of what world building is is making one choice and exploring where it goes um because i want to talk about a little bit about how you create worlds right mm-hmm. where where do you start right that's a that's a big thing because i i went into world building kind of contrary to how most people go into it where world building came after my story had started and a lot of people what you probably should do is as a decent idea of what your yeah. world is before you start telling your story. And then like base the story off the world. And Precisely. Out. Yeah. Which is what I do now. You know, I, I have sections that things are going on in and I'm like, all right, I'll set a story here. I'll set a story here. This will be this. This will be that. But um, a lot of a lot of it, especially when you are not just designing one world. I, I, Magic the Gathering, which is a card game that I play, has... A bunch of different storylines set in a bunch of different planes, which are all their own unique world. And that's a daunting process to, to do. And they I was reading some articles and they, they do it over the course of a couple years. And a lot of it is coming up with one concept, a, a, a pitch line, just like a movie. You have a pitch line and, and you flesh that out into uh, more and more stuff. Like I would say there's one plane called Ikoria, which is this big giant monster plane where there are these humans that like bond with these giant like Godzilla type you know kaiju that are walking around and it all started based off of one concept image of a giant beast and a person in their hand and they were bonded together and then this whole team of writers came through and and they were just throwing stuff against the wall and they had this this really interesting process that I that I think I'm going to be using a lot more um which was I I should have wrote down the name. Uh, but basically the, the process was they took everybody in the room after they had a basic idea of what the world was. And they tried to get everybody to throw as many questions and criticisms and poke holes in the world to actually solidify the world, which was something I found very interesting of like, if you have this concept, try to think of all the things and all the contradictions and try to poke holes in it yourself. Because then you figure out where the weaknesses of your world lie and you can strengthen those, you Mm -hmm. know? That's what I've done with JustQuest. I've been like, okay, I don't know what the origin of magic is. What is the origin of magic? Why does magic work? So then I fill those holes uh, with my own, 
you know, uh, ideas of what it is. Um, my friend Clayton Chalman, uh, a great comedian that I know, um, one of my close friends too, uh, he created a world that we're playing a campaign in right now. And this world had just a very simple concept of what if you had a fantasy world with no divinity, right? Because think of all the fantasy worlds that you know. Most of them have gods, right? Tolkien, to, yeah. Tolkien lore, it has gods. They're not prevalent in, as prevalent in the story. Yeah. But, but other fantasy worlds, a huge thing about fantasy worlds is gods. Mm -hmm. And so he took this idea of what if a world that was purely arcane? What if there was no divinity, right? And created this wonderfully unique world that is basically like an asteroid being thrown between the planes of existence, just discarded like trash because the god that created it, uh, magic came about in this world. And he was like, magic is a disease. I don't want a world with magic. Here, I'm just going to throw you in the trash can. So basically, we are playing on this discarded world that is overrun by magic. And because of that one simple choice, there are so many great implications that come out with all these weird things like giant babies that are fl floating around eating people or just like like half-human hybrids of, of a bunch of different things. So it's, it's just this wonderfully weird world that we get to exist in because there is no divinity. And it was just from that idea that a whole world was being able to be fleshed out from. Um, going back into magic, I know I'm I'm doing a lot of the talking, but I, I, I figure you stop it. me yeah, if you're going to. Going back to magic, they, there's a great plane called Ravnica, which is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. And its concept is really simple. What if a single city spanned an entire planet, right? Whoa, that's... that's... And they follow it out by going like, okay, this city is controlled by 10 guilds. And then all of these guilds, they flesh out these guilds. And now it is one of the most iconic planes to Magic the Gathering. You know? Oh, okay. And, and even simpler, like even if you're wanting to create your own world and just be like, you can just take something as simple as like Greek mythology. Mm -hmm. Be like, I want to do my own spin on Greek mythology. And then boom, what what makes your world different? And then follow that out to its completion, you know? Even not not even necessarily not to its completion, just follow it out, you know? Mm -hmm. Just it, it's such a great exercise. I I encourage anybody, even if you just write fiction set in the real world, there's still world building to that. Uh, you know, writing a sketch is all about setting up a world that, that these characters are in and establishing what makes their certain scenario unique to ours. And even if it's set in the real world, there are still, there's still an element of world building. And even if you're not, even if you're trying to set stuff in the real world, I encourage it. it's a great thought experiment to try to create your own fantasy world, your own science fiction world. Try to just brainstorm a simple concept and flesh it out because it helps so much in writing, you know? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I think that's interesting because, like, for me, what I try and do, like, with certain characters is I, like, think about, you know, their past. And um, one thing that Robert Downey Jr. said, like, as an actor is, like, any character you get, create a backstory for that character, mm -hmm. you know? And, like, that way you'll get in that headspace of that character. You'll play them much better. You'll understand why they feel the way they feel. So I kind of do that like as I'm creating somebody. So let's say, um, I don't know, uh, someone like you, just uh, a guy named Hayden. Um, and I try and I think of how they would work in the story. So let's say you are, I don't want to do any cliche story. Um, let's say you are trying to be a stand up, 
you're mm. trying to be a stand-up comedian like that's something you're truly passionate about you're out there every night grinding so i would think of maybe okay how did hayden why is he the way he is you know obviously he's passionate but what are his motives and like what got him to this point mm-hmm. and even if that's not evident in the story that can also be apparent in like how he treats people and the decisions he makes because mm-hmm. you could be a complete a-hole to people that are like brand new to you but you can love you know three characters mm-hmm. and and then that can be fleshed out in the story like, so what makes these three characters yeah, unique it's, literally, it's the same yeah. thing that like happens in like other media where it's like a bully why is a bully a bully Mm -hmm. you know and some media explores that some media doesn't you know Mm -hmm. and that one character is as much world building as creating a whole new world you know i think it's interesting because like when i think about that i don't necessarily think about it as like world building but i guess like you said in a sense it is you know Mm -hmm. like for example like one of my favorite movies perks of being a wallflower um there is like you know the jock archetype um but he's also a closeted teen Mm -hmm. and um he's having this relationship with um another guy i can't remember these characters names right now but uh it's one of my favorite movies i can't remember the name Mm -hmm. anyway um he's having a relationship with another guy uh but it has to be secret but it has to be secret because his dad is you know incredibly religious and like he has to hide it um and then later in the film spoiler alert uh there becomes a confrontation where um, this person that, like, he loves, um, you know, because, like, he loves him, but he has to keep it a secret. Mm-hmm. Um, people are beating him up, and he has to, like, hold back because if he defends him, you know, the secret's out. Yeah. So in that scenario, it's great because we're like, okay, he's not a bad character. And, like, we understand why he's torn. And we may look at him in the situation and be like, dude, you're a bad guy. But then, you know, he's written in the way where you're like, He's not actually a bad guy. He's this teen who's who's afraid of having, you know, the cat come out of the bag and his dad beating him up because his dad already did beat him up and he mm-hmm. doesn't he's scared. It's entirely based off of the world that they're in. Exactly. Don't I'm not gonna touch not it touch again. It. Okay. Um <laughs> funny. Um but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's just interesting, um, you know, the topic of world building because Sorry. Oh, you're totally fine. Like, that's not something that I, like, I specifically think of. And, like, as I was doing research um, for this, like, conversation, excuse me, like, all of the examples were kind of, like, fantasy, fantasy, science fantasy. Because mm-hmm. that's where it's most prevalent. Um, so that's why I was like, huh, that is interesting. Because I've always thought about how difficult it was to come up with a world like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. A world like Star Trek. Yeah. You know, like... Star Wars, you know, just these vast things that have had such an impact on, like, culture came out of someone's brain, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, I think the interesting thing is those worlds are based off of, to some degree, our own, you know? Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Star Trek, all those things are somebody saying, this is what's happening in our world. What if you were to set something like that in a different world right mm-hmm. like star wars is about a group of rebels fighting against a Im- oppressive force right happens in our world all the time but the the interesting thing is is taking that out and extrapolating that into what does that look like when you're in space and you have laser swords and magic you know mm-hmm. uh so i think that's a lot of a lot of another interest uh, bleh, that's not a sentence uh another interesting point about world building is focusing on themes 
and how themes influence your world, right? Because mm -hmm. if you're an author, you're writing a book, you know, you're, you don't have to have every single answer, you know? You just have to have a world that encompasses your theme. Think Tolkien has a huge, like, good versus evil, you know? You got the Urkai, you got Sauron, and then you have, like, the elves and, and the dwarves and, and things like that, and that is very black and white of like, here are the themes of like, here are bad guys trying to do bad and here are the good guys trying to fight them. Mm -hmm. um, in Dungeons and Dragons, when you're setting up a campaign, you can use that too, is like, here's the theme that I want to pursue. Yeah. Um, like I know, I've talked touched on it earlier, is like with the whole sentiment of contradiction, I like to tell, I like to look at worlds in terms of perception versus reality, right? Um, just taking simply like how we as people in our world have things that we look at and people see them differently. And because of that, their realities are different. Mm -hmm. So that would be true. What, what, what do you take when that is the case in a world where people can do magic and fight dragons, you know? Mm -hmm. I completely agree, man. Um, I think it's, cool you know I, I i'm especially since i've learned more about it and it's crazy because like when you really like look at these things you have just a deeper appreciation of it mm -hmm. you know like a lot of the the kids you know you when you when you're a kid and you see something like star wars you're like dude f <laughs> you're like dude lightsabers you know they're flying it's mm -hmm. cool but then you're like no, no no but like this is how it was made and you know thinking about all these different elements um, we're almost out of time. Uh, we've been mm -hmm. a, a little over 30 minutes. So, um, I think we should wrap up soon. Yeah. Um, do you have any last minute remarks about world building? I mean, I think the thing so? is if you're interested in world building, the best thing to do is just do it. Mm -hmm. Just take your idea. Even if it's something as simple as just like, like you don't have to be unique to make a good world. You don't, that is not something that is necessary. I think a lot of people try to strive for this my world is so different from everything else and it's like you don't have to do that you can play heavily off of your influences if you want to do a tolkien like world do a tolkien like world if you want to do a star wars like world do a star wars like world i think it's, it's just important that you start you know just like anything you just start fleshing out a world ask yourself a few questions about why it exists answer those questions and go from there and those will spawn more questions and eventually You'll have a whole world. Uh huh. We gotta do a, we gotta do a campaign at some point. Yeah. I I gotta I gotta see what this is about. Yeah, it's pretty great. I got a I got a whole uh, area that I didn't get to explore <laughs> enough uh, <laughs> that I was really wanting to explore. So. Because it's 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 if we can go on for just a little bit longer. Okay. 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 As a world builder myself, and as somebody who is just thrown stuff on a piece of paper it's just like a writing a character you get to learn about the world by playing in it you get to learn about the world by writing in it it is just as much of a character as any of your other characters because you get this wonderful experience about almost like it's almost in certain points as if you're not writing it as if the world is just there and you are learning about that and that is what world building is to me Damn, that's beautiful, man. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my gosh. 
That's gonna be, dude. That's gonna be the clip that goes on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like using the finale for uh, for the 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 ads. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, is there anything else before we head out? I, I could go on for so much longer. Okay. But, okay. Okay. We but, gotta. We yeah. Gotta, we, we gotta wrap. We gotta wrap. Um, because I want these. Uh, hopefully, we're at thirty six. Um, probably wow. about thirty four because we cut out some of the beginning. Yeah. But um. Dude, this is I'm really excited. No, I'm this really is excited. gonna be a great series. Yeah, I uh, mm. I was like thoroughly enjoying our conversation, and mm. I think the beauty about this is like this is something you're really passionate about, mm-hmm. and like I don't know if I'm right about a lot of this stuff. I'm just kind of talking. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's the great thing is like I think this will generate good discussion. You know, a hundred percent, man. Um, thank you for uh, thank being you on the first episode, man, for this being is, on the first episode. This is too. crazy, dude. We've come so far. I'm yeah. like. I'm like so happy, I, but um, enough of that. Look, this has been Dorm Room Ramblings. Episode uh, one. Episode one. We're in a studio. More content to come. Um, it's going to be better as time goes on. It took us a while to get this thing mm-hmm. set up. But um, thank you, everyone, for um, listening, watching, supporting the University Star. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Um, follow our Instagram at Star Podcasting. If you are listening on any audio platform, please leave a rating. Um, in the meantime, all of you have a wonderful summer. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful night. Wherever you are, I don't know. But um, yeah, that's us signing off. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>